Hello, I'm Rob Beckett. And I'm Josh Whittacombe. Welcome to Parent in Hell, the show in which Josh and I discuss what it's really like to be a parent, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, to make ourselves, and hopefully you, feel better about the trials and tribulations of modern-day parenting, each week we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how they're coping. Or hopefully how they're not coping. And we'll also be hearing from you, the listener, with your tips, advice, and, of course, tales of parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, there are plenty of times when none of us know what we're doing. Hello, you're listening to Parenting Hell with... Bryn Moore. Can you say Rob Beckett? Rob Beckett. Can you say Josh Widdicombe? Widdicombe. Very good. There we go. That Very is efficient there. Emily what was White. was that from Soviet Russia? Well, we've got a location for this one, Rob. <gasps> okay. Let me read um, out the email first. How old do you want to guess first? Because you're closest. Hertfordshire. I think you might be correct. No way. It's Harrow. Where the fuck's Harrow? Oh, Harrow's not far. That's North London, isn't it, Harrow? It's what used to be Middlesex, but it's now Greater London. Oh, there we go. Harrow, Middlesex, technically London, Harrow. Oh, but I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It's not far from Hertfordshire. It's really close to Hertfordshire. Very good. Very good. Do send in your locations with them. This is literally the best podcast ever. I'd listen from the start, and you certainly keep me chipper on my commute. If only you made daily ones. God, imagine. You had me belly laughing in the car at the Laddie special today, and it reminded me to send you this. This is our son, Bryn, who turned two last week. He's been in training for the intro for a good few months, and we reckon he's just about good enough now. Keep up the great work. I haven't yet bought your books. It's on the list. Phew. Come on. Come on. There's a Waterstones in Harrow. You know, we always go like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have too many to-do lists. Just be in the moment. Just don't bog yourself down with stuff. To Sometimes you've got to get your fucking list done. Yeah, Buy those books. you've got to get it done. Great Christmas presents. Rob Beckett, Class Act, and Josh Whittacombe's... Watching um, Rovers twice a day. I didn't hear what you <laughs> said you... there. <laughs> I said, Josh Whittacombe's one. <laughs> As a joke, I knew it was the neighbours one with the, you and the telly. Anyway, how are you, Josh? Got our Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. He's too big, Rob. If you sit on one end of the sofa, you can't see the TV. Oh no, that's that's how big we're we talking. What 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 height did you go an eight, for? It's an eight footer. Eight foot. Got Victorian Victorian house and it big ceilings. Oh, do you want me to send you a picture? Oh yeah, why not? Yeah, I want to put a shout out for my pictures as well on this show. Um, yeah, my um, my daughter took a photo of me in my pants going into the bathroom. Yeah, I put it on Instagram, uh, and I'm and she took it about my knowledge. I don't know if what? you've got any of these photos on your phone that your daughters have taken. No, I haven't. So they grab our phones and put yeah, the yeah. camera on and take photos of us without our knowing, us knowing. Oh, And I'm sure clever. other people do it. So if anyone's got any photos that their kids yeah. have taken them and that are funny or in a c- uncompromising positions, please send them in. Feel oh, free to blur good. out that's certain good. things or put an emoji on it. Um, but um, I was in pants, luckily. But yeah, I'd, I'd, and we'll share them on our Instagram page. If anyone's got... Well, I, want, I would like quite like a sort of gallery of photos of parents taken by children without permission. That's really Not nice, the Rob. other way round. Not the other <laughs> way okay. round. I make that very clear. That these, these are photos of adults taken by children without permission. That's what we're after. Um, Josh, can I see your uh, Christmas tree? Uh, yeah, I haven't got a photo. Have you not sent it? I haven't got a photo. I thought I'd taken a photo. Of it, okay, you haven't got, got a photo. Okay, that's fine. That's good. So that's a bit okay, of that's the end of that but bit. Yeah, so what's big, it like, green at all? It's green. It's uh, eight foot. Yeah. Basically, 
when you're watching TV through the leaves, you feel a bit like you're a peeping Tom. <laughs> um, so we made an error with the delivery of it, Rob. Oh, all right. Well, okay. So it's just down the road, probably about 100 yards, 200 yards. But it was big, hmm. so I thought, I can't carry this on my own. So they said, we can deliver it. Yeah. 20 quid, extra, fine. 20 quid to get delivered from the park, yep. yeah. You've been, you get so screwed over where you live because they just see media elite. The window, 3 p.m. till 10 p.m. That's too big a window. It's madness. Do you know when you don't want a tree, Rob? 20 past nine. That's when it <laughs> arrived. Six hours away. <laughs> Oh, big boy. So the delivery from the park, yeah. do they put it into your tree holder thing at home? No, that's an extra tenner. I'm not I'm not made of money. <laughs> so 20 quid to the door. Inside, inside. They bring it in. In the hallway? Yeah. And then it's left on the floor? No, they stood it up. Oh, yeah, it is on the floor, though. It's not, yeah. Yeah. And then it was, it was an actual 10 more pounds to put it in the holster. I can put it in the holster. The holster. I can put it in the holster. <laughs> can you? Yeah, it's one of my favourite bits of Christmas. It makes me feel like a real man. Okay, so you like that bit, all right. Yeah, I like that bit. Wouldn't carrying it from the park make you feel like a real man? That would, I would no, like that. No, it would make me feel like a complete weed because I'd fail. <laughs> I reckon you should spend 20 quid on a little fold-up trolley so that next year you can walk down the park with it. I will look like an absolute plonker. You look like a fucking legend. Anyway, it was very disappointing. I'm not going to get it delivered next year because it's a great tree. I love those guys. They give me a good tree every year. He gave me a free little tree for my daughter's bedroom. Oh, that's they were nice. Great. The, the, the delivery company is an independent company. Oh, separate from the tree people. What I think has happened, Rob. <laughs> yeah. I was basically like, we're either going to get this tree, because we, we live so near to the place. <laughs> we're either going to get this at 10 past three or 10 to 10, because we're the first or the last. Yes. Also, as well, I could imagine that you could actually, from your window, see the tree that's about to be delivered. Yeah, oh. what, heading in the wrong direction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 no, no, don't, don't load it first. <laughs> load it last. <laughs> Shouting from the window. You what, mate? That's my tree I'm getting delivered. What, to there? Yeah, I'm only little. <laughs> I mean, it's just annoying. It's too Wait, late at night. It's too late at night waiting for a tree. I'm getting very Christmassy now, though. I'm loving it. Yeah? Yeah. It's exciting, isn't it? It's great, isn't it? The nativity was so good, Josh. Oh, yeah. It was. She was Mary. Oh, yeah. Did she smash it? Do you know what? There were other girls in the... I didn't know that that preschool has got two classes. Oh, yeah. I thought it was one class, but there's two classes. And there are a couple of girls in the other class. It was about... So what they did was, for the young ones, which I think is really good, they basically just got them to sing loads of different songs rather than trying to do any sort of acting. Because yeah, it's so nice. hard. It's too hard to remember your lines and too scary. Yeah, but yeah, they sung cause... loads of songs. It was the, the, All the kids were brilliant, to be fair. They was all loving it. And they made sure that even though, you know, there's all that did talk of like, who's, pardon, um, don't did worry about cry? that. Um, yeah, I did cry. I cried at the end. But like, they, every kid had their own little moment and they had their own little song together as a group. So it wasn't like just every, yeah. two people did it and loads of people sat at the back. So it was really good. She sang really loudly and she was smiling and it was brilliant. And um, and then they played at the end. They just I played like, a little um this is what got me made me cry they turned the lights off and all the kids looked at the screen and they showed a video of photos of all the kids all this year playing and cut like you know cutting out oh. and doing stuff of, at, the, at the school set to like one of them really sad songs like a um... well, they'd all died <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, that's probably why it made me sad. But it was like a no. They used a Christmas cover song, you know, like from an advert, yeah, like but a kind of John like, Lewis style song. Yeah, 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 John Lewis style song. But it was a, but bit, it was a like, bit like people we've lost this year. The Baftas, yeah. So it was that, but it wasn't. And then all the kids were there. So that's what made it less bleak. That all the kids were yeah, there. So you knew yeah. they were. There. So all the kids were there, and um, they were all going, "Oh, look, it's me," and pointing to each other. And it was so Christmassy and lovely. I did cry, yes, and I had a mask on, and then I cried, and then. Um, and it, but also as well, it's been so horrible and just seeing kids be kids and sing yeah. together and stand together and not being separated or being forced to wear masks and all that shit. It was just so lovely and so warm. And yeah, so I had a little tear and then the, the teacher at the end said you cried. I went, yep. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. I, it was one real highlight because obviously we missed my eldest daughter's proper nativity. I saw her Christmas performance, but she wasn't in reception anymore. So it's only reception really that do right, it. Yeah, so, yeah. but that was so cute. They're so little. So yeah, it was really well done for a preschool. To be fair, so yeah, it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it. So that was great. I'm in very high spirits this good, week. Good. I've nearly finished work for Christmas, um, and uh, yeah, we're going to try and keep pumping out episodes over Christmas when and where we can, aren't we, Josh? Yeah, we'll be pumping over Christmas. And that, I, well, that's what I, I do need to say this, right? I love my kids dearly, and I love it when it's their birthdays, but two kids' birthdays in December is a fucking nightmare. So t- put, tell you what, when it gets to March, put your dick away. <laughs> it's so expensive, it's a logistical nightmare. When we get to March, we do need to alert people during the podcast, each episode during March. Stop shagging. Stop shagging. Stop shagging. Yeah, so, okay. They, that, that, you know, like when they do, like, Veganuary, where it's a month or yeah, November, yeah, yeah. where yeah. that month's all about prostate cancer and growing a moustache. This is the stop shagging month of March. Yeah. And we, I think we should make a big thing about it and we'll, a big yeah. promo campaign. We'll be on Lorraine and go, look, guys, I'll be straight down the barrel. Stop <laughs> fucking each other. Do you want to take that positivity into our Christmas guest? Oh, yes. This is our Christmas guest, guys. And there's a Christmas connection, isn't there? What's the Christmas connection? The greatest Christmas film of all time, according to some people. Yes. She was in Elf. <laughs> it is. The wonderful Martine McCutcheon. She died on Christmas Day as well. It, Tiffany did. Tiffany did. You can't break news like that without being sorry, clear. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry. I've got to be clear on that. When she was Tiffany, she died on Christmas yeah, Day. Yeah, when she was Tiffany in EastEnders, she died on Christmas Day and she was in love, actually, with Hugh Grant. And yep. she is our Christmas gift to you. Martine McCutcheon, thank you very much for joining us. We're very excited about this. Big fans of yours, Martine. On, on screen, in music and as a person. Thank you. What a lovely, lovely thing to say. Yeah, well, actually, no, I don't really. think I've ever met you, have I, Martin? Correct no, me if I'm wrong. No, I've never met you, Josh. I think you're amazing as well. We've got the Mutual Appreciation Society. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. And you, Rob. And you, Rob. And you, Rob. Yeah, <laughs> thanks. Okay, sure. And no. Rob, Rob, I like you. <laughs> no, but what I'd say is, in this industry... A lot of the time you go, oh my God, it's such an honour to interview because you're such an amazing whatever. And that is true about you, but also on top of that, you are a nice person and it's not, it's not always the case, is it, Martine? No, it's not always the case. It does, <laughs> our industry does attract, let's say, uh, a certain kind of beast sometimes. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it is nice when you do genuinely think, I genuinely get on with that person, or yes. I genuinely know I would be mates with that person. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. We're going we're gonna to start the interview by all naming the top five people we hate. You start, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right now, <laughs> um, Martine, um, can you let the listeners know about your setup at home? You've got one son, is that correct? I've got one son, Rafferty, he's six yeah. years old. I'm married to Jack McManus, a fellow Kent boy, as you know. Yes, um, local and to me. Two dogs, Harry and Fred. Two dogs, Harry and Fred. All oh, boys. Here we go. Oh, wow. boys. 
And uh, I kind of like it. I kind of like it that way because I was brought up with four boys. My mum's best friend, Pam, when I was brought up in Dalston, East London. Yeah. Uh, she had four boys. And um, I am a girl's girl for sure. And I am a woman's woman for sure. But I do find the company of men a lot simpler. Really? Okay. Even, even, dog, even dog men? Yeah, even dog men. They're, 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 it's easier. It's just easier. I don't mean simple with the fact that you guys are simple. I think I think that's half true. I, uh, <laughs> I took it that way. Yeah. I'll be honest. I am simple. Do you know what? I'm really leaning into it. <laughs> As I'm getting older, I'm just I've I've got to that dad energy now. If you leave me on my own in a chair, I won't go to sleep, but I'll rest my eyes. <laughs> I'm at that, I'll just sit back and do that, and then they'll go, you're asleep. I'm not, I'm, I'm, so men, I do think men are I've seen, I've seen Rob point. doing it in some interviews as well. You just, <laughs> sort of start an anecdote, you'll think this is a 90 second I rest right here. I just love that, I'm leaning into it. Oh. Yeah, just, it's, it's, do you know what? I think sometimes there's too many options in life, and it is yeah. a lot better just to sit there and do nothing and just accept that's going to be your day. Well, I, I kind of, when, when I was in lockdown, you were my saviour. You must have seen my face. Well, I, I, I DM'd you on Instagram a couple of times going, you are making me howl with laughter. You are making me feel less guilty about the fact that I am laying on the sofa in the same position and I've become so good <laughs> at doing <laughs> well that's the thing you can't put too much pressure on yourself and so talk about blokes being simpler did you have siblings growing up then or do you, you just spend time with your mum's friends kids so basically i didn't have a sibling till i was 15 so i was an only child in essence because yeah. on the weekends and in the evenings after school sometimes or pam would take me to school with the boys i spent a lot of the time with the boys and yeah. like I say, it was a different dynamic. It was very rough and tumble. You either mucked in or you didn't. There was none of this, like, there wasn't so much bitchiness going on. Like, it was, yeah. it was just, I don't know, it just, they just got on with each other and they made the most of the moment and um, more spontaneous, I think. And I just, you know, you either had to muck in or you didn't survive. They'd just be clambering around and chucking action men at you and well does this does this is this a warning sign though for when Rafferty starts dating and I'm assuming might be dating girls when the girl comes home to meet yeah. his mum and the, your yeah. little boy whoever he, da- he dates she says at this point I will of course embrace <laughs> with open arms he yeah. or she I will embrace but I um I don't know I God I don't know God help him <laughs> <laughs> well, from Dalston, because everyone sees a good side of you, Marty, but you might have a bit of a, I can imagine, are you, are you the disciplinarian in the house, would you say? Do you, have you got that side where you can be a bit sterner? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when you come from certain places, I think in our industry, people sort of see that as a real tough side of, as you, of you, or they think you've got a feisty yeah. side, whereas for us, that's just normal. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you have to hide it yeah. a bit, dampen it down. Um, people think, oh, that's a bit rude. And Oh, I didn't, I didn't think that was. I spent my whole career apologising for things that I still don't quite know what I've done wrong. Yeah, um, I mean, I, yeah. yeah. so I, you know, I think, um, yeah, I probably am at the disciplinary. I think Jack puts his foot down when enough is enough and it's come to the very end. Yeah. I probably am a typical, he said, mum, like, I'm full of praise and full of love and full of affection, but then I'm also like, right, enough's enough. 
Yeah, and you and you do sell handbags out of your boots still, don't you? Not not top handbags. Handbags <laughs> out of the boots, take perfumes. <laughs> what would you, what would make you say enough's enough? What was the last time you said enough's enough? I think the last time I said enough was enough was just the lack of of. I've told him a million times that if I get him something new, it's fine, but he has to put his other toys away. Yeah, and. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't. It was just like a car crash, car crash, car crash. And on top of me having a long day filming something, I came in and I took my shoes off and I hurt myself so bad on this bit of Lego. <laughs> and I was like, and I, was, I swore and went, Mummy, you just said a bad word. Oh. <laughs> I was like, don't worry about my effing bad words. You've not put these toys away. I'm And he was like, I think somebody needs time out. <laughs> Oh no! It's <laughs> the worst. And I, uh, oh, I've created a rod for my own back here. Yeah, because he's at that real chat back chatty stage at six. It's when they've like they've got over the reception year at school, and now they sort of think that they're like the most the oldest kid in the world, don't they? And they've got they can read and write a bit. And is he got he got a little bit of a swagger from school? He does. He has his days where he's a little bit more vulnerable and less confident. Mm. And then other days, you know, I suppose like a lot of us where we feel we're invincible, we can conquer the world. And then other days where he's just sort of like, oh, no. Oh, God, that's the worst. I say to him as well, like, to distract from it. I'm like, well, who else was there? Like, why did you only yeah. want to play with that person? Mm. And he said, well, science, so crew was playing in the sandpit and I hate the sandpit. <laughs> it gets all stuff in your shoes. So that wasn't an option. And he's like a proper little old bloke with his, like... <laughs> And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's true. And he was kind of he's quite picky. And he also he's a bit like his mum, that he wants to do what he wants to do and he wants everybody to play the game he wants to play. Yeah. And then like, no, nobody loves him. And I'm like, no, you've just got to learn to play their game as well. It can't always be your way. And I think as well as an only child, it's good for him. It's going to teach him. It can't be your way or the highway, Rafferty. Like, you've got to, in the nicest, sweetest of ways, you just don't know anything else. Yeah. This Oh, it's got to be. This is life. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, one yeah. Sec, second. Michael, can you hear Lou and the dog in the background of this? Just so I know. I can't hear Okay, cool. Really oh, okay, crash. cool. No, sorry, Lou. What's happening? We've got the cleaners in the house, so Lou's brought the dog. Lou, do you want to come and show the dog to, to quickly before? Oh, what, in the, in the room? room? And I was, I was like trying to listen to Martine and he started chewing a wire. But uh, sorry to d distract, but we've got the... Oh, look at that dog. There's a dog. Oh. I'll take him. You can take they can't hear you, so but if you can stop dropping like his treats and stuff, would it? Oh, sorry, if you just so she can't go in the house. Well, there's a cleaner in the house, and she's not allowed in your shed. So she's now sitting stood in no, the no, rain. Lou's in the ha in the office with me now. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I thought you'd thrown her out. Sorry. But she's trying to get him out. to go asleep. I think. But anyway, sorry. To oh, right. I just wanted to make sure he couldn't couldn't hear. Sorry. This, I think you're gonna have because the dog's not sitting still. It'd be alright if the dog was sleeping, but he's playing. Sorry, Lou. You're gonna have to go in the street. <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, Lou, but... <laughs> and now I feel guilty. But, you know, the podcast was here before the dog... This is really awkward now. This is... <laughs> the podcast is bringing more into the house than the dog financially, isn't it, Rob? Look, Lou, Lou just needs to behave, Rob, like my husband. He's been really well behaved. Look, he's sitting in the corner. Yeah. There's a dog basket. Oh, look, Martin. Yeah. Hello. He's eating his lunch. Oh, he's eating his lunch oh. and your dogs are asleep. Are your dogs are asleep or are they just in another room? They're in another room. Look, you can see, look, there's a little dog. Oh, all right, there. there we go. Oh, poor Lou's going outside God. now. 
never have I felt so lonely. I'm just sat in a room on my own. I thought that's what you professionally did. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. See you, right, Lou. Sorry, mate. Have you ever done Parkinson and this has happened, Marty? Nah. Lou's outside. Right, sorry about that. It was too distracting. You can't interview someone watching a dog nearly shit and eat wires, can you? It's impossible. Sorry, we'll go back. We're talking to about Rafferty at school. Well, let's talk about your dogs. Let's talk about your dogs. How old are your dogs, Martine? So Harry is 11 and he's called Harry after Prince Harry because he's got that lovely colour hair like you a bit, Josh, that kind of yeah. lovely colour. Right. Oh, OK. Um, and um, Freddie is named after Freddie Mercury. He's his half-brother. All oh, right. And, uh, yeah, and he's 10. Oh, OK. And um, they're both American Spaniels and they are absolutely delightful. They were like my hairy sons before I had a baby. Did you find having dogs before a kid helped... Having a because they are like a little baby, they're not as difficult as a baby long term, obviously. But there is the same kind of commitment. Did you find it helped or or not? Yeah, I I, st I find the dogs harder work than I do Rafferty. Oh fuck! Yes. Do you know what, Martin? That is the best thing anyone's ever said God. because Rob has just got a dog. <laughs> yeah. And oh. he said the words there. I know it gets easier because he, I can hear him trying to convince <laughs> himself. Up, we all heard him doing it, <laughs> and you've just totally over. It's actually more difficult than a child, mate. <laughs> They never really grow up beyond a certain point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's a constant two-year-old. Fuck. Fuck. Anyway. Okay. Let's not talk about dogs anymore. Um. So what <laughs> does does Rafferty play any sports? How's the birth? What a what a question! I just can't talk about dogs anymore, Josh. I'm enjoying the dog, though. To be fair, I'm enjoying the dog. The birth was amazing. The birth was amazing. <laughs> was it? The, was it good? <laughs> Yeah, I had the Eagles playing, not live. All right. Like. <laughs> okay, wow, that is a real expensive labour, having the Eagles playing live in concert. I had a C-section and Take It Easy, I had a playlist. Yeah, and yeah. And I had that on in the background. And um, it was just, I just felt like with the, the drugs and everything that they gave me, because I had low blood pressure at one point. Oh, no. I like I was in this sort of white room very sort of ab fabby yeah. and then yeah. baby delivered to me going take it easy <laughs> oh that is perfect <laughs> that sounds amazing and i was like oh this is fabulous yeah so, so oh, it, it wow. was a great birth great birth i was very lucky that's good and what how, how do you feel if you hear that song now does that take you back to being drugged up in a white room with a baby i listen to it all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's your happy place it was really um, a special moment. I really felt like, even afterwards, when the drugs had worn off and the yeah. epidural and all of that, there's something when people say, you know, you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's something about when you hold that baby and you look at them for the first time and just something otherworldly happens. Mm, yeah. And thank God that you have that moment to cling on to at times because then when they're star-shaped in your bed and you're sleep-deprived and you feel like a crazy woman, yeah. you have to hang on to that moment. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's all men, but I, I felt nothing apart from fucking hell, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, no, I know what you mean, Rob. I felt a lot of pressure to feel something that I wasn't feeling. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I felt like someone had given me a live octopus on the beach and it's all crawling. I'm like, what the fuck? And I felt like I just launch it back in the sea, which, you know, you can't throw a baby back you in. Can't, can't you? So I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have that magic moment, Martine. Maybe I needed more drugs. I love them now, obviously, but I, I, I didn't have that amazing... Oh, over the next few days, 
No, I, I think a lot of people don't have that moment. I think it takes a while, like that kind of, um, I suppose because the first one we had was like an emergency C-section. You didn't really have that. No. Because it was so stressful. You didn't have that moment of like, oh, this is amazing. You were like, oh, thank God. It's all right. They're not both dead, basically. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest, that's, that's what I And that's not a great <laughs> feeling, is it? That's that's what I want to feel all the time as a base level. Thank God not they're not to dead. Not too fine a point on it. Thank God they're not both dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And did you find you, you you found it quite easy? Did you take to it well, or did you find it difficult with the first stages of of being a mum, or, or was it was it all right? I think that you probably heard this so much, and you probably said it so much, but it's just the lack of sleep. Mm, like yeah. all, all of a sudden, like I, I'm somebody that needs my sleep. Yeah, and I just, I'm not a very nice, I'm not a very nice person, and I'm just not. You're looking at Jack out your corner of your eye now. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? Could you could you ask him what you're like when you've had lack of sleep and see I what he? Lack of sleep. You're delightful. You're delightful. Oh, gutless. I own it. I'm gutless. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so how bad was the sleep, Martine? Well, it was just, you know, it was just getting up every couple of hours and, you know, your boobs hurting and you feel deranged and you don't know what time of the day it is and there's this baby that needs you and you're trying to be good and make sure they're safe and panicking and you're in this fight or flight mode the whole mm. time. And it's hard because there's only there's not really much else. If if you're breastfeed, there's not really much else that anyone else can do. Yeah, you feel a bit alone and a bit on your own with it. But I was quite lucky because I've just remembered. <laughs> I'm not making myself out to be a real hero here, <laughs> but I've just remembered that after the C-section and the light moment, the epiphany moment. Yeah. Rafferty, as often a lot of children with C-sections do, had fluid on the lung and he was rushed off. I didn't have him. And they had to give him formula. So he was breastfed and formula from the word go. Okay. Yeah. So occasionally when I couldn't do it, I would nudge Jack and he would get those tiny little bottles and he would give him one of those. And... I remember I've got a photo. I've got a photo of him. He's laying in bed. He's doing his doing his emails, what he's doing, and the baby's there with its own bottle. And I was just like, changes your life? How? And he's just like that, getting on with everything. And I was just like, how does he find this so easy? <laughs> well, yeah, I, but I suppose it's, it's, you know, I found it, obviously, we did a lot of bottle feeding. We Lou struggled with uh, breastfeeding at the start and stuff. But I do think if you're a dad and the mum's doing all the breastfeeding, there's no formula at all, you you do have a bit of an easier run at it, don't you? Because you, there's literally, you can't get up to help in the night with the yeah. bottle feeding and stuff. So it's quite good that there's a little bit of a sort of, I don't know, sort of judgment if a kid's on formula or whatever. So the fact it was quite nice, I suppose. If the hospital had already done it, anyway, yeah. you can still be a bit judgment-free, can't you? Yeah, but I think as well, another nice thing about it, it took me a long time to have Rafferty, and it happened naturally. Mm. Um, but I've got, like, ME and uh, Lyme disease. My body kind of fights off a lot of things, so it finds it hard to like, hold on to pregnancies. Oh, wow. Finally, finally, I, 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 had, it na- I had him naturally... To this day, doctors don't know how we managed to keep a successful pregnancy. Is it very unlikely then that is it like the chance is quite low with Lyme disease and, and your other conditions to, to conceive then and keep the pregnancy? My, yeah, my, with my combination um, mm. and my immune system, 
it's they kind of explained it in very sort of simple childlike terms that all my little soldiers that need to fight to keep my immune system working they can't do that and keep a baby safe and okay. oh, wow. You know, oh wow so um so it was such an amazing time like when i finally did manage to have it of course yeah yeah um, did that make the pregnant? So was the pregnancy a really stressful period? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, every everyone was. I never every pregnancy I had, I never knew how it was going to end up. But it was weird because I just put my Instagram last night that my dog Harry, who I just look in his eyes and he's like this deep Tibetan soul or something. <laughs> the minute that I was pregnant with Rafferty, it was almost like he knew this. This is the one. This is the one that's going to stay safe. And before I even knew I was pregnant, he started getting on the bed, which he never does. Yeah. And he would gently rest his chin on my oh. stomach. Oh. And with that, and then I realised I was pregnant. Then I kept the pregnancy for the for the first time in God knows how many times. And through the end, like he was like my shadow. He would lead the way. He would bark oh. anybody. He would let Jack know if I needed something, he'd run down and bark and get him. It was he's just like the most oh. amazing. Dogs are just so amazing. Dogs are good. Yes, dogs yes. are good. Dogs are good. Thanks, Martin. <laughs> so Rob, if you ever get pregnant, your dog will protect you. Perfect. That's what we've got now. Yeah. That's what you've got. Oh, That's a God. positive with the dog. So so um, well, obviously you must have been so anxious during that pregnancy, Martin. So you know, you, you don't have to talk about this if you're not comfortable, but sometimes the listeners do sort of appreciate it with people that are struggling with pregnancies and stuff. So had you yeah. had an, uh, had you had you been pregnant a number of times before then and it wasn't successful? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd had miscarriages before and I'd, I've spoken about it before. Yeah. yeah, there was quite a lot. And you kind of just, um, you didn't know in the end, I, I didn't know in the end um, how to feel, whether to feel joyful, whether to feel scared, whether to really believe in it or not, you know, what was going to happen. Mm. Um, but it is so wonderful and I do feel so lucky that, mm. um, you know, I managed to become a mother and because in this day and age, more than ever, like miscarriage seems to be through the roof. Yeah. yeah. And no one really talks about it as well. So it makes it harder for people to know how to feel. Yeah. Or I find, you know, and I, I get people grieve differently. But I think when you have had miscarriages and you've grieved yourself, when you suddenly sort of see it all of a sudden on Instagram mm. and it's quite traumatic and it, it catches you unaware and there's no warning that this is going to contain upsetting footage, it takes you straight back to that moment. And I think, I think, I think it needs to be, you know, I think people need to talk about it, but I think it needs to be done, in, you know, as often the case with many things, it needs to be done in the right way. Yes. We've done this yeah. in a conversational way. It's led this, it's led there, it's got there. But I do sometimes think when suddenly you just see a, a photo of someone, it's just a bit like, oh, I think it's quite harrowing for them, obviously, but also like you didn't choose to see that moment at no. that, at that yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Um, so I think it's a personal thing. I think it's such a personal thing. And I think, like you say, when people... Some people are ready to talk about it. Some people aren't. And it's all okay because it's such a huge thing. Yeah. There's no right or wrong way to deal with it. I mean, you know, Josh, Josh has experienced it as well with Rose. And yeah. Stuff. I, what I found with was that the second pregnancy, we had a child and then we had a miscarriage and we had a um, second child. And the second pregnancy, I found no... I sound, This sounds awful, but you don't find any joy in it. I found it just total... 
oh God, that's another day we've got through and nothing's gone wrong. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and the scans suddenly became, the first time the scans were really exciting. The scans become like getting an exam result where you can only think about whether you failed. Do you know what I mean? Like you can only imagine what's going to go wrong. And I, I thought that was quite an interesting thing where no one really talks about how it then affects, even if you do have another kid or that isn't a easy ride that suddenly becomes in, infected with all these memories of what happened before i think yeah and you, and i think you know there are people out there that didn't manage to have that other child and there's mm, all of yeah them, you know and and lose children at quite a late stage yeah yeah um, you just assume miscarriages they happen early on and and they happen at all different times and i think that there's a grieving process there's there's and then of course when you get pregnant again if you've got hit by a bus you're going to look left or right you know to see yeah, yeah. again and it does take that spontaneity like you say and that fun yeah out of out of the joy of of, of really truly embracing the pregnancy but also you're, you're being you're doing the right thing you're being wise because you're making an informed choice and you know how fragile life is and you do yeah, know yeah. it's not a given yeah um and um and i think that a loss of life it's no wonder not a lot of people talk about it all the time mm, it's a huge, no. hugest thing it's a hugest thing yeah of course yeah. And, and and then your brain's a horrible thing isn't it because all of a sudden it goes oh you're not enjoying the pregnancy you should be enjoying it and then other people yeah. want it. And, it, and then you, it's a vicious cycle of whatever's going on you're beating yourself up over it so i think you just got to be kind to yourself and i felt really like i felt for Jack, because obviously I, my body would often go through all the phases of pregnancy and the hormones that went with it. Mm. And Jack could literally like hold my hand and try and be supportive. But other than that, yeah, you know, yeah. he just wanted to make everything right. Or I feel, I did feel for the partner. Like I did really feel because at least I was going through it. I felt like I was a doer. I was trying and I did really feel for Jack throughout all of it. So I do think it is hard for the partner. And when your son was born, so obviously, I mean, I don't know loads about Emmy, but that must be, if you're having, I don't know how it works, but like, if you're struggling with energy and stuff, that must be really difficult parenting, right? It's really hard. So um, from what I was told from my specialist, um, he said to me, when you do manage to have a successful pregnancy, what I, I would personally advise for you and your case history, because Emmy can fluctuate, and lime and things like that. It, it's so different for different people. And a lot of people kind of get on their orange box and shout at you if you talk about it. But <laughs> for me personally, um, he said, you'd be better off having a C-section because a lot of the people that have had what you've got had the baby naturally. They're so chuffed with themselves, but they've used every ounce of energy. Yeah. yeah. Even a normal person finds tough to recover from. And then they can't pick up their children and bond with them for a couple of months afterwards. Yeah. Hmm. So that's why he said, I think we should have a C-section, uh, have that recovery. And when Rafferty had the fluid on his lungs, they said that once you can walk with your little drip on wheels up and down the corridor, you can go and see him. So oh. of course I was like, C-section? What C-section? I've got this superhuman baby I've got. <laughs> And I was up and down the corridor and the nurses were like, Crikey! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing now? And I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready to go and see him. Oh. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm always going to think of Take It Easy and the Eagles. Yeah. I think of you and Rafferty now. That's such a yeah. lovely story. 
gosh. Thank you. Martin, I was going to ask this as well, because when you was a kid, you, was, you did a lot of telly as a kid, didn't you? Adverts yeah. and stuff like that and a bit of a child yeah. star. Is that something you'd like for Rafferty or would you push him away from it as he got a bit older? Do you know, I, I'm not going to push him to it and I'm not going to push him away from it. I'm going to just, I want him to flourish and I want him to find who he is and what he is. And he might go through different phases, you know, he might go through phases. I mean, he does, I have to say, he... She, I, I don't know if I'll have to say this, but he loves Robin Ramesh and I have to try and stop the bad words. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's quite a saucy show, actually, isn't it? Yeah, he doesn't always leave much... I'm like, oh, <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> loves it. He howls with laughter and he loves making people laugh. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, he loves that, having that audience making people giggle. And, like, he knows that we love Kenny Rogers and he came down the other day with, like, a little pretend beard on that. hand. So I thought and... you meant Kenny Rogers came down. <laughs> so he, he dressed up as Kenny Rogers? He dressed up as the six. A little guitar. Yeah, well, oh. cause, because my mum loves it. And so when she comes out, she goes, oh. Alexa. <laughs> Oh, and Rogers a gambler, and it comes on, yeah. and uh, so he knows all about. He, we told him all about the gambler and what the song means, everything. So he came down with a beard and the hat, and then he just absolutely <laughs> loved it that we were crying with laughter. Oh, bless him! Oh. Alexa's playing the gambler. Sh start, Alexa. <laughs> oh no, you started it. Oh no, other people listening. The amount of people listening that that's just happened to as well. We like doing that in this show. It's a little uh, little Easter egg we put in. I tell you what we could do, Martin. I don't know if you still get money for streams, but we could say Alexa and play Perfect Moment. Alexa, <laughs> and then that because a lot of people listen to this. If it all switches to yeah. it straight away, that could be thousands of streams. You'd probably make it back. You'd make it into the top forty on streams alone, just off the back That'd of this. Amazing. It'll be Kenny That'd Rogers be and Martin McCutcheon at number one and two. <laughs> so quiet, Alexa, play Perfect Moment by Martin McCutcheon. <laughs> Perfect. Look at that. There we go. Look at that. Do, does he seen um, things that you've done? Like, is he interested in your career? Something, right? I don't know if, if your other half said this to you. And I promise you it's true. Ever since I've had Rafferty, now they say you get baby brain. Yeah. The baby brain as they grow up, I don't think it ever comes back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's just, I think it's all related to tiredness. Yeah, because you never really catch up on yeah. sleep, whatever age I get to. You always just no, you're tired forever now. You know when you see, I used to when I was about twenty two, and I'd see old people like at seven a.m. going to get the paper, and I'd be, like, what is their fucking problem? You've got no one in that house. You're about seventy three. What the fuck are you doing? Up? I'm I'm up at six every day now, like a mad dog, just staring at the sky. I mean, I think <laughs> you have kids. It just and that's thing. Why I'm sort of actually, I think we're doing all right with the dog is because I'm already dead inside from the kids. So you know, where else is there to go? Yeah, I, I would say I don't think you are doing all right with the dog, but we'll move on. Yeah. So Rafferty does love to watch what I do, Josh. I will come back to your question. Before Rob has a dog based breakdown. I went to do the first time he noticed it, I did Elf the Musical in Arenas. Mm. And mm. he loved it. The huge big musical thing and the live audience, because you've got that mixture of like arena concert mentality with the musical. And when everybody was up on their feet and cheering at the end, he was like, oh, mummy. And he was so proud of me. Oh, and then when I did The Masked Singer and he saw the reveal, um, I literally just put my camera over on the windowsill over there. And he was just so chuffed because oh, really? he oh, amazing. The Masked Singer. 
And yeah. obviously you cannot tell anyone it's like an MI5, yeah. like military operation there. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you tell anyone, they put a dead horse's head in your bed. <laughs> <laughs> Has he seen you being run over by Frank Butcher on Christmas Day? No! <laughs> you can't show that to a kid. His mum getting That's killed. Dark. That is dark. <laughs> It was Tiffany. It was Tiffany. It was Tiffany. Completely different woman in the East End. It just looks a bit like Mummy. <laughs> you don't understand our relationship with Grant. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say, did, who did he think you were in The Masked Singer? Did he have guesses or did he not really guess? Was he too young to guess? Well, no, he didn't think any of them were me. He was like, mm, I'm not sure about Swan. She's not that cute. I was like, I think she's really good. <laughs> You don't know what the others are doing in those little cutesy outfits. Yeah, you can't see the full choreography of a wing, can you? No, no. Has he had like, obviously quite a different upbringing to what you had in the East End? Oh my God, my mum's like, when we drive into his school, my mum sat in the back with the fag, of course. <laughs> um, but she wound up the window, she went, this fucking kid don't know he's bald. <laughs> <laughs> oh my my mum, shush, I'll put the window back up and put the fag out. <laughs> and um, yeah, so very, very different. I was in a Peabody estate and had to walk past a load of, you know, drug dealers on the front line every day that had guns and drugs in the bottom of their prams and me and my little, little Irish name would run past them. And then Rafferty turns up to, yeah, it does, it's supposed to be a beautiful school. But I think I'll never, ever, he's got no choice but with the people around him and the situations that we're going to be in, <laughs> just as a family, with our DNA to keep it real. Yeah, yeah. I like that for me personally, it was a concern about, you know, do we send him private? Do we send him state school? And it depends where you are and what those state schools are for starters. Yeah. And yeah. secondly, I just wanted to know, with the pressure of being a working mum, with the pressure of keeping my disease at bay, and Jack's got his career, I just wanted to know he was safe. And yeah. it was something that I, I just thought, I know he's safe, like, I know they're not going to carry knives there, I know they're not going to, like, they just don't, and and I'll take him into reality and I'll keep him into that. That's the way around I chose personally to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but I think it all depends on like your situation and circumstance. I just think that um, I worked so hard to have choice mm. and that's all I ever wanted. I, you know, I never wanted to be anything I was, I wasn't. And I always, I still go back to where I'm from. I still see my friends, still see my family there, but I, what I, for me, it was all about choice. I wanted the choice for yeah. myself, choice for my family. And that's why I worked so hard is to have the choices with those things. And did you, does your mum still live in that area or is she, has she moved out of that area now as well? Does he go back and stay with her and stuff? She's out, no, she's out of that area now. My brother's still in the area. My stepdad and all his kids and family, they're all still Bethnal Greenway. Yeah. Um, still go to Polici's where they think it's, uh, oh, you yeah. know, Kind of love if they drew a cock on your cappuccino. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a hate crime, but I know you're having a laugh, okay? <laughs> what about, do you, do you take him back for pie mash and stuff like that? He's had pie mash and, and all of that stuff. All of that stuff. He's gone down the market. I used to do the markets with my mum down the Roman road. She used to do... 
dried flower arrangements and things like that when she wasn't selling the dodgy perfumes. No. Um, <laughs> that was the worst one with a little mic. Right there, the little that, the one, that little Britney mic selling perfume for about nine. You get you basically it was twenty quid. You got fifteen bottles of perfume. I was like, this, it, the deal's too good. It's obviously dollars. <laughs> you used to push me up front and go, go on, you do it. For some reason, they believe you more. Rodney, Rodney and Dale Boy had nothing on us. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you know what? I loved it. I still love it. There's still like a a humour that is in you when you yeah. come from a certain mm. background, what you grow up with, whatever it may be, it's in your DNA. And only the people that are around you at that time completely get. Yeah, And exactly. I, there's something I, find, something I find really comforting about that. And it's also something I find really annoying when other people <laughs> don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> What's his accent like? How how do you feel about? He's quite neutral. He's quite neutral. I mean, he's got he's got the odd twang of me. Yeah. But you've got to remember, Josh, that when I go back to Bethnal Green, they think I speak beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> you've changed. They, do. Like, they go, oh my god, don't, don't you speak nice now? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't helping my decision as to whether to leave Hackney or not, Rob, if I'm honest with you. Are you in Hackney? Yeah. Yeah, I live in Hackney, yeah. He gentrified it and pushed you out. I'm one of the posh lot, though, aren't I? Elegantly slumming it, Josh. Yeah, exactly, mate. Well, you live... Exactly. Where is it you live that the cab drivers laugh at, Josh? Well, I don't use this terminology, right? <laughs> now, because I've made the mistake. What you don't call the area is Victoria Park Village because that goes down very badly indeed. <laughs> Martine's covering her face with laughter at the moment. <laughs> and uh, Martine, would you would you describe Jack as a bit posher than you then? Oh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. did you clash with the upbringing of your, your child and certain things that you wanted to do or he didn't want to do and stuff like that? Or was it quite harmonious? Um, I just think I just think that, that I don't know how to explain it. Like, he's not posh. He's, he's from Bromley. But most people were posher than me. That's not hard. You know that programme? You know that programme, Who Do You Think You Are? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have any of you done it? Yeah, I did it, yeah. Well, with me, they called me and they were just really disappointed because, like, it just, they're just a load of mud huts and wrong <laughs> that they just didn't yeah. talk about. And like, they got all excited because I like to do it. And then they called me and went, this isn't going to work. There's nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Br Bromley is a little bit, Bromley's got nice parts. Brom I'd say Bromley as a whole is probably a bit, a bit, po bit posher than the East End where you grew up. Um, Bromley's a bit nicer, yeah. There's, it, there's some really nice parts. It's greener and it's definitely kind of more of its own thing. It's a little bit more like Essex, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, I'd say so, it. yeah, definitely. Um, whereas I think the East End is really, unless it's like the nouveau, you know, East End, it's really raw and it's really, um, yeah, it's just a whole different grittier thing. It's pretty, it's pretty raw where I live, actually. Pretty edgy and raw, my part of the East End. Yeah, only I'm... the ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's my friend down the road on Le Crack. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it was it was all right then. With you didn't have different ideas of bringing up kids with you and Jack. It was quite on the same page. No, we seem to sort of at the, essentially. Are you the boss, Martine? Do you just tell him what's happening and he agrees? Is that a fair assumption? Until a point. Okay. Until a point, he'll let me sort of rant and rave and go on with what I'm doing. 
And then if there's something that he really, really doesn't agree with, he puts his foot down and that's it. Oh, so he sort of lets it slide, but then really brings out the big guns for certain things. Yeah. When was the last time he had to put his foot down, Martine? Do you want to share? Or is this too too relationshiply deep? <laughs> She's thinking. I'm thinking. It was when I was getting off of the Amazon delivery guy and he said, <laughs> Martine, come on. You know what? It's getting close. I do have a problem with shopping. And I would say that we, I mean, I did a photo for the DHL man because he'd seen me so many times and his sister's a big fan. And um, we're, you know, really, really good friends now. <laughs> <laughs> the DHL man. Lose Pally with our delivery guy as well. Yeah, Rose gets on well with us. I know the Royal Mail guy. Yeah. I know the DHL guy, the Hermes delivery or Hermes delivery. Yeah. I know them all. Like when people go, oh, I get too many Amazon deliveries. And I'm like, and I know Jack's looking thinking, you've got fucking nothing on earth. Like, <laughs> do, you, do you know first name, your first name turns or just a bit more, you know, yeah. recognise the fake? Yeah, the first name turns. Yeah, Terry. <laughs> Terry? <laughs> yeah. Do you keep it all? There's a lot of returns in our house. They have to go back. Is there? Are you rebagging and sending back? Lou, like, we're all, like, three different colours of a dress, three different sizes. Oh, Try man, it and that, send it that back. That is organised, isn't That's it? That's hardcore. That is really organised, and I, I'm guessing Josh, your other half might be like me, that if it doesn't work, it just it didn't happen. No, if it's in, if it's in the house, it's in the house for, forever. The house somewhere. I mean, all of that... Oh, I'm going to take it back and stick a sticker on it and give it back to somebody, and then I've got to go and queue up in the world. I've, no, I've got a lot to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so what? So okay, I get that. So what you're saying, you, you'll buy stuff you'll never use, but keep it out of laziness. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my house, mate. Welcome to my house. Yeah. And then what happens is that my mum and my sister and my family come around, and then they're like. Ooh, what have you got that doesn't fit right? Let's have a look. And they're all having a rummage. And they're all, oh, I'll have that, I'll have that, I'll have that. And then whatever they don't want goes to the Princess Alice Hospice and they're always really thrilled to see me. Oh, okay, oh, that's fair good. enough. Yeah. You, you, okay, you win. God, absolutely, absolutely done me with a hospice. That's not fair. You can't you can't finish an argument with, then I'll take it to the hospice. You, you, no. So Lou is deciding that the hospice shouldn't have clothing. Is that what you're saying, Rob? Every time <laughs> yeah, she sends you know it back. What? You're right, Lou. She's <laughs> sending that back for her own greed. <laughs> She'd prefer the money back than a hospice to have a shirt. Oh, well, I'll tell her. I'll tell her what she's depriving people of. Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, one of our guys, which I think is a great idea, delivery guy, also does a side hustle on a Sunday of washing cars. So mm. when he drops the stuff off, he goes, I'll do car cleaning on a Sunday. That one's a bit dirty. And then he touts to work that way. That's a clever way of doing it. Yeah, I've got three dresses here you could clean my car with. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to do the final, the final question, Rob? Uh, I, it, are, you, are you sat alone, Martine? Or are you still no. being observed doing the podcast? So this is this is quite exciting. Yeah. No, 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 you can stay, you can stay. Oh, no, no, we've never done this question live before, which is exciting. Oh, the question on, is... Going <laughs> is it going out? Oh, yeah. yeah. He oh, bless him. He's got... Oh, no, oh, stay. Gone. You can stay. Stay, stay, stay. 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 Any excuse to leave. Go, go. I'm only there in case the internet breaks. He's only there in case the internet breaks because I'm really bad with technical stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I 
look like a feather in a quill and a, and a wax seal. That's my kind of era. <laughs> yeah, because your your because your Zoom name is Jack McManus as well. You've not even got yeah. your own Zoom name. I know, I know. Old school. I, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Um, anyway, this last question is one thing that your partner, well, Jack, does that annoys you about parenting, but you don't really bring it up because it will cause an unnecessary argument. Is there something that's been niggling away at you that if they listen back and they go, okay, that is fair enough, or do you just get it all off your chest? Or is there something you're holding back? Okay, for me, it's the secret calls to the mother-in-law oh. about when she's coming over to look after Rafferty and mm. then just makes out that it's all just happened. And I've planned in my diary, he's got mother-in-law driving him nuts to see Rafferty because she adores him and loves him and wants to see him. Yep. And he's kind of like in the middle trying to juggle us both. Okay. So he, and, I, and, I, and I'm like, he's like, oh, my mum was just saying that she might want to come over tomorrow and maybe she could pick up Rafferty from school. And it could be like a rare day that I've got off. And I'm like, You've already had that conversation with your mum, haven't you? Oh, so she'll say, <laughs> he'll go, oh, yeah, mum, get him next Wednesday and take him out for dinner. And then he'll come to you like a day before going, oh, I thought it might be a nice Oof. idea, but you know, you can't say no. Yeah, it doesn't remember. He's been busy, been in the studio, working with someone like that, and then he drops it on me the night before. Oh. And I'm like, well, I'm really glad that I put the day off to go and pick him up. And now you've let your mum go and do it all. That's, that, that's, that's fabulous. Well done. <laughs> okay, that is, that is quite... So what would you do? Will you get him to cancel the mum or do you just take it on the chin? Very rarely, but every so often when I just want him to remember the woman of the house, I've said cancel. <laughs> no shit. Takes yeah. no shit, Martine McCutcheon. Good work. No, I have. I mean, I've, many times, many, many times I've gone fine. I'll share it. Yeah. I'm, you know, here, what a waste of the day. I could have just done this and that, fine, yeah. whatever. And then okay, every so often, I'm just like, you've done it again. You've not listened to me. We've booked her. We don't need her. You need to cancel her. Oh, my <laughs> word. That is a tough call to have to make to cancel your own mum. It's hard to tell someone to cancel their mum. I've seen some of her tweets. Well, there's times, no, but listen, you know, there's times. That, no, but there's a job come in and it's to advertise this or to film this. And I've said no to it because I've put him oh, first and I want yeah, to be yeah. with him. And then I'm sat there with the mother-in-law. <laughs> Not even getting paid for that. <laughs> for free, having to put up with her. By the way, we got on great. And she would probably be the first to say that the weak link in all this, it's not me or her, is it? No. It's Jack. Yeah. It's all Jack's fault. Okay. That's a good one, though. That's fair. Yeah. I think I'm Solid. sure it happens a lot. <laughs> Is it the donut? Like a cold dog. Here he is. Come back in there. It's all been positive. (laughs) It's all good. We're going to have to wrap it up, though, because we've got Jack McManus's mum on next in a double booking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, you'll be able to listen to it in a couple of weeks, Jack. Yeah, enjoy yourself, mate. Oh, my God. Enjoy the last few weeks of your marriage before it goes out. (laughs) He's laughing, I think. All for it. <laughs> um, Martin, thank you so much for doing this. It's been brilliant. Thank you so much, Martin. Uh, it's been an absolute honestly, pleasure. You know what? I've had such a laugh. We've laughed, we've cried. <laughs> yeah, it's been brilliant. <laughs> and we really appreciate your honesty talking about the slightly more yeah. difficult things as well. People no, really appreciate that. And no, I think it's really wise words. Thank you. It's all being human, isn't it? All being human. And, and, and the mother-in-law, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming we've got to wait for Jack to press the button for you, Martine. Yeah. Is that right? 
<laughs> She's just going to keep waving until Jack. All right, thanks, guys. Cheers. Oh, See you later, mate. See you later. Bye. Bye. Martine McCutcheon. That was great. I enjoyed that, Josh. Yeah, that was great. I knew you'd bring up Frank Butcher. Got who, mate? You, you were so excited to bring up 90s nostalgia, you suggested that she show a fictional version of her murder in front of her son. Do you know what? It wasn't murder, Rob. It was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Rafferty. <laughs> stop crying. It was an accident. Frank didn't mean it. Frank was not at fault for that accident, Rafferty. <laughs> But that was that was great. Though. I really enjoyed that. Really good. Uh, and I would say it now, Rob. Yep. It's very rare you do a podcast where the other two people have both got their partners in the room at the same time. Yes. I was the I was the only one flying solo for the first twenty I minutes. Mean, it was it was a lewd, it was a ludicrous decision that Lou's just said. Oh, I'll come down with the dog as if. And oh, weirdly, Lou was making more noise than the dog, panicking about trying to get him to be quiet by dropping his treats and stuff. Anyway, yeah, so that was... Uh, the dogs the Dogs are fine. They're great, actually. They're yeah. lovely. They're, you know, as Martine yeah, said, no, no, they're brilliant and they're not hard and they, at all. And they genuinely don't get any more, more difficult. That's the beauty of it. But you love it. You love it. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love it. I don't... You know what? So what fucking sleep when you're dead, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got to go and sleep for eight hours every night. Fucking get a life, mate. I'm up and about. I'm seeing the world, yeah? I'm fucking taking in those big deep breath, 4am, misty, foggy, that crunchy frost at 3am. It's the best time of the day, isn't it, Rob? Yeah. Best time of the day when it's just you. You can do your proper thinking. And when they do a shit on the frost at minus two in the middle of the night, it's actually easier to pick up the dog shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? You'd be an idiot to take them out at 11am. Who wants You'd be an to be picking up dog shit in the heat after eight yeah. hours sleep? Come on, mate, grow up. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, see you on Tuesday, Rob, for... Um, for more positivity. Yeah, bye, see you then. Bye. Soap from the Box is the TV podcast that goes behind the scenes of the nation's favourite shows, including Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks and EastEnders. You know, it was literally, we couldn't sort of go anywhere we was, you know, without being recognised. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed the shows and the stars in them. On this podcast, I delve where no one else has been. You can listen to over 70 episodes right now with stars including Sue Johnston, Glynis Barber, Denise Welsh, Sid Owen, Sally Dynava and Danny Minogue. No more, no more. In this week's episode, I chat to the star of one of the biggest Christmas films of all time. Hi, I'm Martine McCutcheon. Yes, Love Actually and EastEnders actress Martine McCutcheon goes behind the scenes with me, especially for you. It's such a beautiful thing, like, to be part of your legacy, to leave behind. Soap from the Box, the TV podcast you don't want to miss.